I'm Yasi Salek, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hulu. Hey there. You know that Hulu has movies, right? Well, if you didn't, we're here to tell you Hulu has movies. Hulu has acclaimed movies like All of Us Strangers starring Paul Meskel and Andrew Scott, Suncoast starring Woody Harrelson and Laura Linney, and Cat Person with Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun. So head over to Hulu if you like movies because you guessed it, Hulu has movies. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com. Joining me in the studio is Andy Greenwald, as well as our close personal friend, our kind of our ombudsman, our executive producer. The chief of our military Saddle police. up. We're about to do some <laughs> cowboy shit. It's Jason Manzoukas! Let's go! Come on. Oh my God. From the text chain to the pod, <laughs> let's talk about Reacher. <laughs> new year, new energy. We're just wearing Amazon classics, Amazon basics here. <laughs> We're ready to basics. fucking <laughs> hijack some trucks. Let's fuck go. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. What is Project Little Wing? <laughs> let's get into it. Got it's it. not just... Oh, it's not just a Jimi Hendrix song. It's a and it's a good one. It's a good Jimi Hendrix song. I love the Derek and the Dominoes version of it. It didn't. I didn't really realize till this moment that Amazon Basics is now like the motto for Prime Video as well. But it's yes. like, it's, let's it's, just knock this it out. This is my Boom. operating theory: is that Reacher is actually spawn for Amazon Basics. Is yes. that everything that they are wearing is like? Well, that looks like safe khaki, but I think it's not. What it's about the- absolutely not. Reacher buys an entire set yeah. of clothing for himself in a gas mm-hmm. station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, he is, I don't know, 7'6", <laughs> yeah. 440. I don't know. The guy is an enormous behemoth. He's Jack Wembenyama. Yeah. <laughs> in reality, in that actor way, mm-hmm. is he genuinely like 5'6"? Like, I, you would probably know better than mm, I do. I, I mean, he. No, is, I'm sure he's a big guy. He but. is a nice dude. When I've seen him on like YouTube interviews yeah, and stuff like oh, that, yeah. I, I. That's a good question. What is actor what, size? Yes. What is his genuine? Like, I'd like to know his actual size. He, the way that he walks. They frame him well. But I also, will say. Can we yes. talk about his oh, walk? Yeah. I mean, Jason, he's taken up space. You're a performer. Oh, thank you, what Andy. Is he, what is he? That means a lot, with, actually. <laughs> that, that means a lot coming from you. You are also a performer who <laughs> looks enormous on screen, who looks yeah. muscular, yes, <laughs> jacked. How tall are you? Do you mind sharing? I'm five eleven. He's six three. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, great. So, so he is, he's big. Yeah, I think he would he would pose a size advantage over you in the post for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. And j- you could frame us if I were to be cast in Reacher <laughs> season three. <laughs> hear me out. Mm-hmm. 
I'm happy to have him tower over me. What if, oh, I, yeah. I'm not looking for like Vin Diesel. Oh, if I'm the bad guy, no we ego. have to be, yeah. it's got to be a draw. You could be like the Amazon Basics customer service rep who yes. fields his call when he's just like, there's a little bit of a, a fraying hemline on it's my It's not khakis. just the clothes, it's the thumb drives. Yeah. You know, I feel like down oh, to the everything. office supplies. In that way that all Apple shows feature not just characters using Apple products, but featuring the ringtones of Apple. Yes. Like everybody on an Apple show mm-hmm. answers after three rings. Yes. <laughs> just so you can it. get that same just, Apple yeah, ringtone. I'm not like cripplingly addicted to this thing and it's not in my hand all the time. And that's like, oh, okay, what, Jackson Lamb's going to wait to answer the phone? I could talk about <laughs> slow horses Andy, for the rest. I know if he doesn't pick up on the first ring that it's going to go to voicemail. He's but probably like- dead. <laughs> <laughs> I got thrown out of a helicopter. He's in a, he's in- <laughs> now, in my defense, I was killed first. Um, oh, we're going to talk about Reacher. We already are. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Percy Jackson, which Jason is is just living large in right now on the Disney I'm in, Plus Network. I'm in my, my Greek god phase. This you is really huge are. for me on a number of levels. Both I want to talk about Percy Jackson, but also Great. I want to watch Chris talk about Percy well, Jackson. I know this that you're sick. a little bit behind on the Reacher stuff because you've been working really hard on the Golden Globes monologue yes. uh, that you, you wrote. So <laughs> Rough boss. <Yeah. laughs> I got a text yesterday from someone saying, hey, are you going out tonight? Yesterday was the Golden Golden Globes. And I was like, to what? For what? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's the Golden Globes. And I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. I completely spaced the reality that, I mean, this is, I feel like the Golden Globes have literally fallen off of the- Well, they were fully yeah. like exiled Gonzo. from society. Yeah. And then they have now been brought back more or less in like, they were revived wearing their same skin suit, but there mm. was something very strange about last night's in awards. Did you actually Silence of the Lambs way. I engaged with it. Okay. I did not watch it live. Uh-huh. I kind of dipped in and out. I watched some clips. And here's the thing. If you didn't watch the award show, I'm not saying I didn't. Oh, I'm saying I didn't. It's possible that I didn't. Right. But if you didn't, you could look at the list of winners and be like, that is a really respectable selection. Absolutely. Did they get anything like wildly wrong? Was it too respectable? Oh, look at you. Was it too respectable? You mean like respectable or predictable? Like or it, was, it, it was fine. Safe? Mm-hmm. It was safe. And it was that's just- Because the Globes' thing was always like, we're we're taking swings. We're crazy. We're doing wild stuff. Yes, yeah. and that there's like some weird like this guy got taken to dinner fourteen times, mm-hmm. and so that means that like this person's going to win supporting actor. Well, yeah, it that used to be. What, what kind of access are you granting yeah. to the forty two maniacs mm-hmm. who are make up the HFP? Whatever. And now yeah. it, and instead, this seemed to be like almost like an aggregated version of like conventional wisdom. Like what everybody's like. That's great. Divine Joy Randolph and Paul Giamatti. And all of Oppenheimer... It was and, chalk. They got yeah. everything right, basically. Pissed off no one and made it a completely inessential and boring television Imagine product. if they had had, like, like, a normal monologue. Like, that would have just... If somebody had just gone out there and been <laughs> yes. like, welcome to the Globes, and let's get into the awards. Like, they probably would have been like, this is the best thing I've ever okay. seen. For all the CR heads out there, yeah. get to work. <laughs> Next year, Chris Ryan hosting the Globes. <laughs> You just heard the monologue. Now, yeah. Jason, you're a performer and a comedian. No, I'm listening, Andy. <laughs> I love I love that you are forced wow. to talk about my professional I work when I'm here. I am thrilled to have you here across <laughs> from me. And I'm just wondering, what would your approach be in a gig like that? Because now, Boy. in Joe Coy's defense, sure. which I've never taken this corner before. I'm going to try it out. The, Coy, how it feels. the Coy defense corner? The, the coiner. No. Yeah, we'll keep working back. on it. Uh, the koi pond? He, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The koi poloi? It's, oh, it's getting better. I mean, he, we're getting somewhere. He, it's a tough room, right? Because For sure. Is, it, is, yeah. is, it, is that a tough room? Well, 
This is what I'm asking Jason. It's a bunch of people who want to be loved, slightly buzzed. Yeah, I've got to feel like I've only hosted one thing before, and that was the Sundance Awards for one of the years of the festival, right? Hmm. And which is not a TV show. It's like just the awards show at the end of the thing. But it was that same kind of getting up to a room full Mm -hmm. of people who are like, we don't want to be here a long time. I want to hear my awards. So you're trying to thread the needle of, being charming and funny and putting on a show yeah. while simultaneously not taking up too much time. Right. Because people don't really want to be there. They just want to get to the part that is about yes. them and then they want to leave yeah. immediately. And, and go to parties. Yeah. Or, you know, or be done with, the, in this case, the festival. It was the end of the whole thing. So anyway, I feel like the, uh, I always loved Amy and Tina's version of it yes. just yes. because they had the right balance to me of, Poking and roasting people, mm-hmm. busting balls, but also like being funny and having the opportunity for people to do bits and they would play with everybody. Yes. You know, which I think is the way to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Can I ask you a serious question about being funny? Yeah. How hard would it be for Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell to sustain the thing that they do over the course of an entire mm. hosting gig? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That would be interesting. I mean... Because they come out and they do like usually like... Sure. They, they, over the years, like mm-hmm. they've done a bunch of these things where they like show up and do like an absurdist bit and everybody's like, oh God, thank God, like some actual like comedy. Yeah. And then, but like if they had to be like... I think you'd have to restructure what it would be and it would almost be like the thing that Will and Molly Shannon do when they hosted the Rose Bowl okay. parade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Is that what they host? Yeah, I'm they sorry. Like, they hosted they, a no, parade. Like I'm not sure if it's right? that it. But yeah. they're playing characters. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Will and, and Christian, if they were to do it, would play characters. I think they would continue to play themselves. But you'd have to think of a bit that you could maintain right. because what they're doing is structuring bits that are acting opposition to the show Yes. versus if they are the show, the bit, I still think they could do a bit that would be incredibly funny and compelling. Um, it just would have to be able to be, you drop out of it for a long yeah. period of time, pick it back up. Like, and Here's Bryce Waterhouse, still, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. And now they come back still funny. Now, when you did the Sundance Festival, yeah. and you handed the trophy to Spitfire Grill, whatever. Sure, sure. <laughs> yes. <Placeholder>. sure. <laughs> I mean, they, people didn't know. It was just the festival no, was no, smaller. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was absolutely, yeah, uh, sex, lies, and videotape. Yeah. Did you offend Bob? Like, was Bob there? No, no, he was not there. He was, I was told watching though. So I'm assuming there must've been some sort of, yeah, I don't know. There must've been some sort of feed that people could see or something like that, but he was not there in person. Okay. I see. So, so you were not worried about his, I was not. Did you get feedback since he was watching? I did not get feedback from him at all. Mm. Um, no. What what was your sickest burn? Oh man. I didn't have many burns. I, all of my burns were on myself. I see. All you, of you my burns, all of my burns were for myself okay. and the absurdity of okay. uh, me hosting this award event. I see. Um, anyway, I mean, it's a gentler crowd. These are people like first time, often smaller oh, yeah. films. You can't, you can't go in there with a blow. And did you have any FOMO? Why? Because you know, there's now these two different ways of experiencing these award shows. Right. You can either do it live, which is what I chose to do, and then you can kind of like basically aggregate it from from blog posts and Twitter. I, I was excited to learn about, because I still, it's been a number of years, I still forget that things start at 5 p.m. here, so I was not dialed in. Yeah. The way I learned about it was our friend Sean Fennessy, um, a withering, withering tweet that he dropped about the host, Joe Coy. <laughs> I mean, wow. Burned bridges. I was like, oh, this doesn't seem to be going well. Wow. 
So I was I was intrigued by that. Okay, but then it's it's hard to have FOMO about something that seems to be going very poorly. Well, once they once they start, you're saying doing Sean Fennessy, yeah. the guy that is stealing all of your guests. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the guy that Sam Esmail goes on his yes. podcast to yes. talk about stuff. You're telling me Jake Johnson, yes, <laughs> a, a, a hallmark over the years of yeah. the watch yeah. guests is on Sean Fennessy's really, podcast. A one B to your one A. Here's what I'm willing to say, yeah. and yes, Jake and I could play brothers in <laughs> something at some point, and I do hope we do. I will never yeah. abandon Thanks. the watch. Yeah. Thank you. Until Sean asks me to do it. <laughs> yeah. At which point, I'm going to have to say yes, guys. So, some news. Jason's film was just accepted into Sundance. Yeah, right. <laughs> he right. finally cashed that ticket. <laughs> Sean's hosting the awards. <laughs> it's a goddamn shame. Um, which, so, wait, yeah, but so Golden Globes overall, though? I mean, I feel like we don't need to get into it. Yeah, but I, I don't have anything you... really big to note. It was, like, obviously a victory lap for Succession. Uh, right. The Bear made out, like, Bandits. Happy Io, to see that. And Jeremy winning. So cool. And the show winning. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was anything kind of notable with that. All the beef oh, wins. The only thing Allie was, and Steven I was happy about that. Incredible. The cast of Suits mm. presenting Best Drama yeah. was surreal. Because I don't know, like, the point we were trying to make with that. That feels like AI made that cat- yes. made and that were, whole thing happen. Like, they looked great. They yeah. did a n- lovely job. They were they were charming. I was just like, I wonder. I mean, they kind of made a joke about it, but I was like, I wonder yeah. what it feels like to be up there and just be like, more people watch Suits like eight times over but- than Succession. Then and- watched all of these shows yes. combined. But you made fun of me a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, Chris. Shoegaze hasn't had a year like 2023 <laughs> since the early 90s. But we are living in this moment where something that yeah. is relatively obscure. Why? Because of a new slow dive record? Beca- no, because of TikTok. Yeah, because every now every uh, kid I is see. just like. Is into shoegaze, yes. yeah. So I'm just saying, like, we do live in this moment where something can just happen 20 years sure. ago and then be a big deal. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, it, that's nice. Listen, I, I bought, uh, you know, uh, the Kate Bush record. Uh, yeah. When it came out on cassette, when I was twelve years, thirteen years old, because I heard "Running Up the Hill" on the radio. Now and you were, were like, "Were you in the Upside Down when that happened?" Yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. But uh, eleven I, needed my help. I, I guess the one thing that I wasn't clear on, but you know, you, you guys may have been more seeing this coming. But mm. like, I didn't realize what a front runner Oppenheimer would be for Oscars. Oh yeah. It makes so much sense that it seems like silly. That maybe well, we, we haven't had. This. I don't feel like we've had this Sean, who has a much more who? esteemed podcast than us. But like yeah. he, Loaded would. I'm so sorry, guys. I just got a text from Sean. <laughs> I have to go into a studio he, across the hall. It's not even a pod. Fine. It's just he wants to. I got to walk over across the hall and no, get a coffee. It's with been Sean. A, it's been a while since we had a juggernaut kind of front runner. That also it's almost, you know, mid-January now, and there hasn't really been a significant, like, are we sure about Oppenheimer push? It's not just that. It's like the the conversation for the last 10 years has been like, boy, if only they would nominate a movie that was popular with well, the... Well, it's got... It's both. With, with the koi polloi. Yes. And this is... It sounded weirder the second time. <laughs> and, and, and Oppenheimer made a billion dollars. Well, it's like, it's as... Yeah, exactly. They have it. The extending, yeah. you know, the Best Picture nominations to 10 was for The yes. Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, so yep. it... Nolan is the person they want to give that... Mm-hmm. The, this They're trying to curry that his audience, that huge mm-hmm. audience that's making... That's showing up for... For his spectacle-laden movies, yes. but we just haven't had one that also lined up with incredible performances. And you know, no shade to Tenet, but it we wasn't there. And I know his Peloton instructor <laughs> has notes. I think there's going to be a Peloton cut. Um, yeah. Release the Peloton cut. <laughs> you pedal backwards. <laughs> <laughs> the weight flies off. Uh, flies on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you get, get, you get, get super. Big. Yeah, you get, it's just like eating stuffing. Ugh, yeah. I watched the tenant cut. I'm ten pounds heavier. 
Did you see, did you see this Peloton instructor video? I did. Okay, good. I did. You know how I saw it? Last time we were in the studio, some strange sounds started coming from your computer, <laughs> and you were just watching it cold. You weren't telling me and Kaya what you were doing. That's true. That's true. But you were just you couldn't help but crush the content. Uh, it's January eighth. Mm-hmm. Are you fully into? new stuff watching new shit or are you still like catching up on 2023 stuff that was on best of lists here's what i'll say i am doing it all i am great current on a a bunch of stuff that is happening you know uh all of our our reachers our slow horses just ended you know like a lot of the stuff that's happening right now um, I'm also catching up on end of year stuff. A tremendous amount of, especially movies that I have just not seen. Okay. Um, and I'm also the. I will say the last few years I'm heavy into like lo- like processing long running shows that I've never watched before. I'm oh. currently in the midst hmm. of The Good Wife. Oh man! Wow! And it is you're a great consumer. And do you know phenomenal? Do you know much about how Good Wife is go- goes? Here's the deal, Chris. I do not. Okay, so much great. so great that I just watched a thing that was that was, in my opinion, I suspect equivalent to the Red Wedding. Uh huh. For the Good Wife, <laughs> had no idea it was coming and flipped out. Yes. Um, was watching it like in my parents' house over the holidays at like 2 a.m. for like a little bit of my self-time and was like flipping out like, what the f- I'm not going to say what it is, but what the fuck just for happened? For Good Wife fans, it was a foundational moment. Like, Oh my like, God. Yeah, it shakes wow. your belief. It also made sense for that whole, why that season was feeling up until that point absolutely bananas. Yes. Are you, Jason, like when you're watching the, 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 the schedule clears, you're like, I can, I can plug a nine episodes, nine season CBS yeah. procedural into this whole. Are you full, you giving your full attention? Like, do you find as you're getting older with the other, the competition for your time, like, are you second screening this stuff ever? No. Or does the good wife from the, 2005 there are grab things, you? There are things I will second screen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good, I try the good wife or, you know, the shows that I feel like, and I'm only, I will only allow myself one open-ended long thing at a time Mm -hmm. at a time because I can't I don't have the ability to just shuffle through stuff anymore I can't drop a thing for a month pick it back up and continue to I'm I'm lost easily and so like last year I did most of Doctor Who um, which uh, people have been telling me for years do you start in the 60s? uh, no started Yeah, that would have been insane no started with the Christopher Eccleston the modern Doctor Who Um, and people have been telling me for so long it's great including our friend Mallory Rubin. And turns out it's fucking great, you know, and loved it. And then when that was kind of winding down, I was like, okay, Good Wife seems like another inarguable, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it. And it's the perfect, it goes down smooth. Yes. Um, It's got case of the week, but it also has the- Exactly. And I knew that the good fight was, people love the good fight. I like the Kings. I've watched a bunch of evil. Um, And then the Elsbeth Tassioni, Looking to the Future spinoff series- Coming up soon. She was getting a lot of promo last night during the Golden Globes. This is another spinoff from The Good Wife. What's it going to be called? Elspeth. My maybe one of my favorite characters. I don't think that's Tassioni. I think that's yeah. That's getting closer. Tassioni. It's (laughs) CBS Um, of movies because Andy and I have been talking about Mm. this recently. I think we've both been catching up on award stuff that has been coming out. Is there anything that's been jumping out at you that you loved from the end of the year 
award season movie That's, stuff? That, I will say that is a lot of the stuff that I'm weak on. Okay. You know, is like, is the, like those big awards. Like I've not seen May, December. I've not seen a bunch of like the awards, big movies. The Holdovers, loved. Yep. Loved, 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 loved the Holdovers. Space. It's a phenomenal movie. Um, you like, mean, uh, on campus? Like that kind of safe space? Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> did you guys, here's a movie. I'm going to pull a movie from earlier in the year because I know it's not that I don't want to talk about those movies, but okay. there is an element to where I'm like, oh, if I can like pepper in. Pepper it. Yeah, because we didn't, we should, we didn't say this at the top, but like we weren't able to align our schedules for the end of the year stuff. Yes. So Which you, I you was can, happy with only because I loved your episode about it. And I'm happy to talk about other stuff. Yeah, fill in the blanks. And plus, I'm not looking to be some sort of Sam replacement. I don't need. No. I don't need the 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 people saying like, "Oh, we didn't get Sam, but we got this clown." <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> um, did you guys see Polite Society? No, no. Incredible. I, what, what is, is it? it? So, see, this is this is what the bummer is, and I hear you guys talk about it all the time, and I talk to my friends about it all the time, and on my podcast. The bummer about streaming culture as it exists now is the same problem I'm having with music, which is curation and discovery. Uh So there is great stuff out there that is so difficult to figure out how to be introduced to it, exposed to it, recommended to it, or whatever. This is a movie from middle of the year. Uh, I believe the woman's name is Nita Manzoor. She's um, a British uh, filmmaker. T- she made We I Are Lady this. Parts, yes. the, the TV show oh, We yeah. Are Lady Parts, which That's is fun. one of my favorite shows uh, of the last bunch of years. And this is an incredible hmm. movie that a- exists in a space that is both a family coming of age story, but then also has like a exciting sci-fi supernatural element kind of woven into it that's okay. really incredible and cool. This was um, at the, it was at Sundance. Is that where you saw it? Were you there? Oh, no, I was hosting? not there. I, was it at Sundance? I it didn't know Sundance. that. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So uh, it comes out of Sundance. And great. It's a great movie. And I feel like it's completely lost in the conversation, except for it was on Obama's top 10 movies of the year. <laughs> and guy. I was like, Barry gets it. Come on. Barry is deep in these Hollywood streets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, that's a movie that I feel like, oh, boy, I wish that had gotten more attention because not that it's like going to win an Oscar or something like that, but I wish it was just getting more of the end of year. This was it was, a straight to streaming thing or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Okay. It was, I think it can't, I can't remember where it went to, but um, yeah. Um, that's a movie that I feel like didn't get enough heat that I think deserved it because it was phenomenal. I, uh, so along your streaming lines, I think we touched on this a little bit on Thursday's show, but only a little bit was we were talking about Steven Soderbergh's sort of year-end media diary yeah. and like uh, the preponderance of I'm in it as well. Netflix stuff and how I was on Netflix this week and kind of adding some of the stuff that was on his list, mm. just adding it to my list. And the amount of it that I had to search for, or yeah. not even like because I was expecting all of it to be on the front page because I know that's all algorithmic and stuff like that. But like the, the the amount of stuff that they have in their library compared to like how hard it is to find it. Well, that's and then a- and if it comes out and you miss that first week of it, you're just like, oh, I ha- I have to like make a like physical note of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and it's and sometimes I find that they are even I have to really work hard to find a thing even even knowing that I've found it before or seen it before or whatever, that the interface or the interaction with so many of these things is itself 
stressful. Yes. In a way that, I don't know, for me at least, I still have DirecTV or I still have a, a cable package. Yeah. All I want to do is flip around. Yeah. All I want to do is flip around and be like, oh, the Grifters is on? Fuck yes. We're watching the Grifters. Go. You yeah, know? why can't they? It would be cool if they could take basically all the apps that you have mm-hmm. and then make the the basically the guide that you get for cable but have no ads. Wouldn't like, so basically, that be great? Guys, is this our idea? <laughs> Wouldn't is that be great? Is this our killer app? Cable with no ads? <laughs> oh, or just an aggregator that effectively pulls everybody, every streaming service, and presents it in a fashion that is truly makes sense for you. Yeah. The, the, you know, it's, I feel like I am missing huge swaths of good stuff. Sharks, I feel like you'll find that our proposal is complete. I feel like the problem with that is that when there's only two streaming services yeah. left mm. and then one of them is like, actually, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably do it. Um, what else besides Play Society? Like, what else has been kind of like some of your underrated jams from this year? Underrated jams from this year. Ooh, I'd love to talk about underrated jams. So TV stuff, I feel like, you know, whenever like you guys talking about your end of lists or when I'm consuming other people's lists mm-hmm. in, you know, uh, written or podcasts or whatever. I mean, so much overlap on those iconic shows of right now, and so few of them are comedies, you know? Yes. I was so thrilled when Kaya shouted out Starstruck, which is one of my favorite shows of the year. And then I'll also shout out another great rom-com sitcom, Mm -hmm. um, the Australian show Colin from Accounts. Oh, yeah? You're not the first person to... Talk I am. Up to I'm me. the first person. <laughs> you're, 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 I, 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 I invented it. Jake Johnson first. No. And that, look, how I, dare you? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, an incredible show from Harriet Dyer, who is so funny, and her talentless hack of a husband, Patrick Brammel, who I do not care for. Um, uh, Trent O'Donnell, a team of people that are so funny and have worked on many other incredibly funny shows, one of which I was on. But um, this show is absolutely dynamite. Okay. The chemistry is so good. The The dialogue is crackling in that way that like, oh, when you, f- when you find out they are actually married in real life, you, yeah. you really get a sense of that dynamic. And they're both hilarious performers. And it's just a great, simple rom-com setup. And it's, I loved it. And again, like very, I feel like slept on here. What is that on? Peacock. No, Paramount. no, Paramount. I'm sorry. I got them both. Nice. Are you bragging? <laughs> well, Chris has got them all. I have I have Paramount primarily for all my Taylor stuff, you yeah. know? Oh, That's yeah. Right. Gotta. Yeah. You Are you guys the Taylor Sheridan shows? Fuck yeah, bro. We talked about Yellowstone like seven years ago. Did you watch Lioness? <laughs> I watched half of Lioness. It, it, it got pretty intense for me. <laughs> That's at a, when it got intense. At a time, when, at you, a time when, you say, when I was like, I don't know if I want to do when this. When you say right half, now. you mean you just watch the medical plots? Yes. Like you had I only it, watched the husband. You had it bespoke. <laughs> I was edited. like the doctor husband. I only want to know what he's up yes. to. Yeah. Take and out the military. Out a lot. You know, like, That's you, what I'm saying. I fast forward until I see someone sitting next to the pool. <laughs> and I only watch those scenes. I, you're interested in the home front. I respect that. <laughs> I I would like to make a, a home front cut of, of Lioness for you. No, oh then God. I would watch the other one. I yeah. couldn't handle the home front. <laughs> that's right. That's we, right. Between the two of us, we could handle the whole series. Oh, yeah. The oh, that's drone it. stuff you're into. Yeah. That's easy. Did that's you fine. watch Tulsa King? I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. I watched the first four. I was not super feeling it. I wasn't I actually either, have to. I'll be honest with you guys and our listeners. Oh, really? I, I always say that I won't lie to our listeners. And as a Philadelphian, I think this is probably mm-hmm. strange, but I'm not a huge Sylvester Stallone person. Wow. Of all my 80s action guys, 
he's he's probably like in the lower rung of of the top ten. I agree. Top five. Top, oh, give me your top yeah, five what, '80s action guys. Uh, Bruce Willis. Got it. Yeah. The Everyman. I yeah. think I think Arnold. Honestly, for sure. Uh, Undeniable. In the moment. In terms of introducing mm-hmm. me to different cultures and um, and the world of romance, I feel like you're about oh, to say, "Okay, Steven yes. Steve Seagal." Steve Seagal? <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me until romance. Other well, cultures. He, he he has some incredible love interests in some of his films. <laughs> you know, like they really communicate in a language beyond language. You're you talking, talking jumping out of a lady? What are you no, talking about? No, I was like, uh, who is the lady in March for Death who like saves him? The nurse. Look, you're looking at me. <laughs> you're just staring at me right now. <laughs> it's either March for Death or Hard to Kill, and it's either. I think Ugh. it might be Kelly LeBrock, but I'm not sure. His his actual wife. No, at the it's time. just his, and it, and it's just like she's his nurse, nursing yeah. him back after oh he gets God. like gunned down. Right. I think I just, by a Jamaican posse. But I if can't you remember. have the time, do yourself a favor and read Last Action Heroes or mm. listen to the audiobook like I did. All it is is chapter by chapter stories about each of these guys: yeah. Arnold, Sly, Jean Claude Van Damme, Seagal. Does Seagal come off well? He is. He. <laughs> I'll be honest. He comes out, and I already was like. This guy's a piece of shit going into uh-huh. it. Turns out he's a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. He's a bad hombre. But, you know, I mean, I'm just talking about cinema. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Under Siege? Come on. What about you? Do you have, you have any action movie favorites from the 80s? Any any stars? I, I think our lists actually align, probably. Bruce I'll, Willis? Of course Bruce Schwarzenegger. Willis first. Yeah. yeah. The other person I'll throw in there that is that I feel like at the time I didn't have near the appreciation mm. for that I do now— and in many ways would rank this person now, like, in the top two, is Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Yep. Those movies from that era are just unparalleled. This might be a good way into talking about, about Reacher. Well, I was going to say, actually, <laughs> Blue Eye Samurai. Great. Let's I wanted do to ask it. you guys Which we yeah. hadn't discussed on the show. I love it. I binged one of my, this. One of my top shows of the year. And I binged it in a weekend with, like, kind of, like, every. I, I had a bunch of people being like, Blue Eye Samurai, Blue Eye Samurai. And I was like, fine, I'll... Actually, you know what happened was... I'm desperate to know what happened. I, because when I asked Chris to watch a cartoon... Well, here's crickets. what I'm going to say. As a longtime listener, mm. one of my great frustrations is that Chris will not mm-hmm. watch animation. Yeah. yeah. I, shows I've recommended go by the wayside. I talk about Tuca and Birdie, and Chris pissed on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And you guys were in a hospital. We were in a hospital. <laughs> we were talking and about it. And thank God, because they were like, there's blood in there. You should get checked, bro. Yeah. No. So in a way, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> your Tuca and Birdie levels are too low. <laughs> it's obviously affecting your urinary tract. Um, but no, there's been so many shows over the years that I would have loved to have talked about with you guys. But Chris has a for real no cartoons policy. Yes. And then I hear you talking about Scavenger's Reign. Yes. And I'm like, here we go. It's happening. And it's it, happening. I think that if I think if people knock on the door loud enough, I will answer. I don't always let them mm. in. Mm. I don't always let the drawings in. That's interesting. But, mm. And I, and it's not to say that you haven't been convincing in your Miyazaki advocacy and that I ha- also haven't been conducting close to a decade long bit with you about how I'm not going to watch these things. But for the sake of this pod, I did watch obviously Scavenger's Reign, which we we both really, really thought was cool. And then uh, Blue Eye Samurai, I was sitting in my living room, I think watching like an NBA game one night. And then I hear from the other room, like the dulcet tones of someone avenging their father. And I was like, what's going on? And my wife Phoebe was just like, oh, I, that show Blue Eye Samurai, like so-and-so told me to watch she it. She just fired it up? Yeah. She just fired it. I was like, Phoebe what are you gets doing? It. And I came in, we watched I all should of be it potting like, with Phoebe. I know. Well, and she and I should be that. in your house just turning on <laughs> Princess Mononoke and being like, 
Hey, bro. <laughs> Were you sleeping? Um, I love that show. Love uh, it. it was so beautiful, like legitimately. And I know that that's like, it's, I, I was, I'm almost nervous to talk about it because I'm sure many people will be like, there are so many other examples of animation that you could be focusing on. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like in the sense that like, <laughs> terrible. in the sense that like, I know what you're saying. Like there is like, if you fire up Crunchyroll, yeah. there's going to be now I'm listening. One million hours of incredible high-end anime that we've just not heard of. Yes. Although I have watched a TV show that is called My Happy Marriage that I urge everyone to check out because it is just a romance anime and it is dynamite. Wait, is it on Crunchyroll? No, it's on Netflix. You can okay. borrow my login. Oh, wait, I think it's on Netflix. Do you have Crunchyroll? I sure do. Oh, oh those like kids have got to be all up in that Crunchyroll. Got it. Yeah. Um, Kumi can't communicate, big hit in the house. But what I loved, Blue Eyed Samurai, I thought was, is like like unbelievable just action choreography yeah. like the the last two episodes are essentially like a long siege yeah. ba- yes battle yeah. you know and that stuff like i was like oh this is scratching an itch that isn't just a great character revenge samurai story but like massive epic battle like it's it is a show that like goes from small scale one-on-one fights to enormous battles. It feels like it has Lord of the Rings scope uh, and is gorgeously animated. Do you know much about because it's John Green and Michael Green and Michael Green and Amber Nazumi created. I don't know much about the origin I don't either. story for it, but it's you know Maya Erskine voices the, the mm-hmm. central well, character. That's a married couple. Michael Green is okay. a fairly well-known screenwriter. Yeah, I know he wrote like on Prometheus or something like that, or like one yeah, of the he and, and um, heroes he. Did American Gods. Oh, Blue, he, oh wow. Blade Runner, yeah. Blade Runner. He was sort of a go-to guy for high-end um, IP sci-fi stuff for a long time. And this is something he did with his wife. Um, I got to talk to you guys. Yeah. I got to conf- I mean, I like that Chris is walking into the studio being like, don't kill me. I think this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the real brave one because I didn't like it. So, But I think that wow. this speaks more to, but, as much as I have an allergy to animation, yeah. apparently you have an allergy to Japanese warriors. Well, which is weird because I love brothels. <laughs> yeah. If it was just like, and there was quite there a bit was, of that. And I was like, of, okay, all right, tell yeah. me more. There's Get a more lot of f- noodle eating. If there too? could be some more like fruit analogies for body parts in the early <laughs> yeah. going, I feel like I could find my if way like in animated here. Animated Kenneth Branagh could have yeah. more threesomes. Yes. Yeah. There's a show that mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to recommend that I don't know that you will actually like, but okay. I was like, oh, I feel like Andy would like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Delicious Dungeon, it's called. Here, I'm halfway there. <laughs> That's the okay, the- it is, it's an anime. Seal, that is, seal the deal. Uh, it's an anime that has as its structure mm. a campaign-esque Dungeons & Dragons story okay. where all the characters align with the kinds of characters in a Dungeons & Dragons story. Mm-hmm. They exist inside of a like a uh, dungeon that is seemingly bottomless or they're trying okay. to they're trying to actually get up to the top and there's monsters everywhere and you have they have to kill monsters. Okay. But one of the guys every episode stops down so one of the guys I think he's the dwarf can spend minutes cooking the okay. monsters that they've dis- that they've killed into delicious meals that everyone then eats and <laughs> his cooking is a huge feature of the show. It is a 
half of every episode is battling, battling, battling. And then it's how every, all the miniature ways that in order to eat this toxic monster, yes. you have to prepare it this way. And then he walks you through. And so it is so wild. This looks awesome. Every episode is, is like battling a dragon. And then like, you know, it's it stops down into like Jiro dreams of sushi. And he loves dragons. This is, this is on Netflix. This is, I'm going to watch this. Get involved. I, I, I do think... I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was incredibly well made. I enjoyed the voice cast a lot. Maybe I don't like samurai revenge stories. Yeah, like I, I'm just I'm yeah, finding out something you, about you, myself. You said that you've you've never really been yeah. a martial arts samurai guy. Can you think? Yeah. I mean, like I like Van Damme movies and Seagal movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, like an American. I don't know. Okay, guys, Jackie Chan, whatever. Um, I thought that I was wondering whether or not you were mm. turned off by the albeit drawn. Nah. arterial blood spray. No, it seemed accurate to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th I thought it was, especially at a time when I feel like I've wanted more, like, boy, do I wish this felt more like what modern Star Wars has been. Yeah. Like, I would love, yeah. a, a, like, a a story I, like this inside of that world. I, I, I mean, think my definitely issue, use some more brothels in I, Star Wars. 100%. Big time. Yeah. I think my issue was more that it was incredibly serious homage to a certain style of filmmaking when it's, it, and it's very, very serious. Yeah, it's maybe, very self serious. I wonder whether You're or not right. it's like. And I'm like, okay, I see that. I see it. I, I it didn't. Uh, I get that. Like I like the thing that's like animated Kurosawa. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. rather than like perhaps like finding the far reaches of like the the. I truly didn't want to yuck anyone's yum. You're not. I didn't want to like cook, oh, I think cook, cook okay. the monster dish poorly right. in the dungeon. I, I just, it left me cold. I do, I understand that. And I think that is a, a valid criticism that I don't think is necessary. I don't hold against you. I think, you Thank know, you. if it's not for you, that's fine. I think you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> also, Chris looks pissed. He, oh yeah. When we were, before you got here, when we were talking, we were like, if he doesn't like it, For what it's worth, out. Sean Fantasy told me he didn't like it either. <laughs> yeah. So I just feel like there's some shifting allegiances here. That's what I think. This episode is brought to you by Hulu. Hey there. You know that Hulu has movies, right? Well, if you didn't, we're here to tell you Hulu has movies. Hulu has acclaimed movies like All of Us Strangers starring Paul Meskel and Andrew Scott, Suncoast starring Woody Harrelson and Laura Linney, and Cat Person with Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun. So head over to Hulu if you like movies because you guessed it, Hulu has movies. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little 
sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Uh, what else did you love from this year? Here's this year? here's my question, and maybe I'm wrong, and we can look it up, and and it's maybe 2022, but I'm pretty sure nobody is talking about the other two as one of the best sh- shows of the se- of the year. And it is this- I never watched that show. I think I watched like the first season for a couple of episodes, and then fell off. Of I, I it. told him it was animated. Here's what I'm gonna say: <laughs> this show is fucking funny. It, I have not seen a show in a long time that I feel like truly threads the needle between one scene or even in the same scene being absolutely balls out absurdly hilarious and then flipping and turning it into something truly heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Something truly devastating, heartbreaking, and then coming out of that with another bit not, of not absurd. Not since your Rafi scenes from the league. <laughs> Correct. <probably>. Yeah, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I felt like that first season was good. Um, and then seasons two and three, I thought just get stronger and stronger. And I don't know if it's because COVID made them able to write longer mm. or I'm not sure what, or if they really just figured it out with that, with that, it's a great ensemble. It's great character stuff. Drew Tarver is absolutely hilarious. Helene York is devastating this season. Like truly has such a great arc this final season. The show is so funny. The One of the best TV episodes I'd say in the last five years is the celebrity church episode in season two. Okay. Um, it just, the entire thing takes place inside of like a Hillsong type, like, <laughs> like church with a shirtless ripped preacher. It's yeah. fucking nuts. It's great. So Jason, as we've mentioned, you're a performer. Yes. Chris was saying you're a comedian. Apparently. You're, you're, you're handsome. You're talented. You're I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Do you feel, are you a, are you a generous laugh? When you watch, like when you settle down to watch a comedy from people uh, yeah. you don't know, it's a good question. Let's say, but you've mentioned twice how you enjoy watching comedy. I mean, sure, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess what I question well, no. is, it, it's a professional obligation for you. So, do you find or yourself is it like a busman's holiday? Well, you know, no, it's, it's you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yes, I do find most comedy unsatisfying, mm-hmm. mostly because I think comedy works. Um, a comedy working for you is entirely predicated on you being surprised by what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I find having now been doing comedy for 20 some 25 now years, um, I'm anticipate I can usually anticipate where a joke is, where a joke is going, where a setup mm-hmm. is going. I can usually so I'm not as surprised. So the things that I do find funny are usually things that have a genuinely surprising, absurd bent, your I think you should leaves or the other twos or or are just 
characters or setups that I think that I find hit me right. Mm-hmm. So that is all of Jared Kiso's work. So that's Letter Kenny or yeah. the new show Shorzy. I find his sense of humor just hits me right. And I just cackle my way through those shows. Um, so, you know, it really has to be, but I'm, I find it very hard to get on with like a just straight comedy, a straight network comedy mm-hmm. usually isn't surprising to me. So I'm not, it's not that I'm not a generous laugh, mm-hmm. but I might not laugh as much. I might enjoy a show. Um, but um, for me to really like be cackling, I really have to be like, I did not expect that but to then, happen. But then how do you then factor in like, okay, so if you're watching Succession, for example, which is mm-hmm. a very funny show. Sure. Not, not build a, as a comedy. Yeah, Sure. Do jokes in a setup like that, do you value them differently? Do they surprise you more? Like, is it all Oh, well, one? like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll say, for example, I, maybe, and Succession's a great one, but you guys talking to Will Smith about Slow Horses yes. is an even better one. Because I think he's doing a trick that I don't see done many other places except for Steve Conrad shows, which is being genuinely hilarious inside of a show Without releasing the tension, that is dramatic, right? Yes, the stakes you, are still slow guns horses. And yeah, we are driving forward into a mm-hmm. situation that is tenuous, and I'm still able to laugh at a, a Jackson Lamb joke or the a, an absurd moment that happens. You know, I won't spoil anything. I guess you guys talked all about it, but like all the stuff uh, with in, with Jackson Lamb and the other guy going in the car yeah. uh, was making me laugh Ronnie. in a way that... Yeah, yeah Ronnie. They're, yeah. And they're they're having to get there so fast and they're, everything we're seeing mm-hmm. only tells us they need to get there urgently. But while we're with them getting there, don't worry, it's funny. Yeah. You know, and that yeah, is without, without letting the steam out, without letting its foot off the gas, literally and figuratively, the show, that show's able to be funny. And that I really value because... Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have a a problem with, not a problem with, but one of the things that I wish was more evident in some of our beloved Four Dads by Dads shows, Reacher, and I can't help but notice you guys didn't talk at all in your year-end best of the year about season two of Bosch Legacy? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A truly wonderful, humorless show. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A show that is not interested in any of its characters making each other laugh. That's not part of the human condition that they're interested in. It's really not. And a lot of these shows could benefit from that. Justified City Primeval, I would have loved some more laughs out of that as well. But Reacher, I mean, maybe this is the time to talk about Reacher. They're trying. Because that's, they're trying. So, okay, so can we we jump to Reacher? Please. I still want to talk Percy, but I want to talk Reacher. Oh, yeah. I've got other stuff to talk to. Unicorn Warriors Eternal? Don't worry about it. I'll talk about it. Is that the Bosch legacy of the Unicorn Warriors saga? Like they had, they canceled it under one name yes, and brought it and back. Now it's on, under, yes, now it's on freebie and they, it's too expensive to rent the house. Because here's the thing about Reacher season two. The, the Season two begins, much as season one ended, with him buying thrift store clothing and just happening to stumble upon a carjacking in yes. a rural town. When, and I don't think this is a spoiler, this was in the trailers, when Reacher resolves the carjacking situation by lumbering over to the SUV. I, th- I think he's pretty, pretty spry. No, I, yeah. That's not the right word, but he, he does, he has some gravitas yeah. to mm-hmm. his footfalls, let's say. Uh, we then cut to the interior car where the carjacker's like, your mom better get that money, kid. Your mom better get that money. And then we see Reacher coming and then Reacher punches through the window and yeah. pulls the man out. I don't think I've laughed that hard with oh, my yeah. entire body. I know when I laughed harder is when Reacher in, I think the subsequent episode, mm. 
goes up to a car that Dominic Lombardozzi yes. is sitting in <laughs> and kicks the hood of the car so hard that the airbag deploys yes. and breaks Dominic Lombardozzi's nose. And then he pulls him out and punches so, him in the face incredible a hundred times. But for yeah. a show that is that funny <clears throat> in that way, it is so charmless yes. in every other moment. Do you think they think those are jokes? Uh, I think not. I, I don't I know. Think they, not. they do a lot of good... I Okay, I think that they're, like, so for instance, like the most recent episode, I believe, or maybe there's one up afterwards, uh, is when, like, Reacher and a character named O'Donnell, who's yeah. in his, like, special investigations mm-hmm. unit from, from the past. I love bringing back the team. Yes. I love it. Yes. A team that we have loved for twos have of very, episodes. very memorable names. <laughs> really distinct personalities. <laughs> yeah. They all bring something different to the they party. All, one of them wears so much flair Well, this does clothing. get into one of my for- ensemble criticisms of recent movies, mm-hmm. which is the, they all, everybody can't be so hot. Like, yes, they, sure. they, there needs to be, everybody can't just be a brooding hunk. Yeah. And, and they need, like, they, the team needs a me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm too old. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, the team needs, like, a, a, a well, weirdo. Well, you could have, if, if we lived in a world where, like, Reacher was kind of like Commander Bond, and every few years someone else took over the mm. Reacher mantle. Love you it. You could be old Reacher. Oh, I'd love to yeah, be old Reacher. just slightly shorter. In defense of the show, what I like about the squad that Reacher reassembles is that you can really feel that they've gathered the best of the best from Vancouver to Toronto <laughs> in terms of who was available during the two months they were filming this season. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's a I real do. who's who of uh, who yes. was available <laughs> in Canada. Who's who, eh? Remember, uh, yeah. I love when you can watch all these shows and watch all of the the proliferation of the— Can- you get a sense of who all of the great Canadian actors of sure. this time. Yeah, uh, from uh, the Expanse to Reacher mm-hmm. to um, Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds, which, if you're not watching, is on my list and is fantastic. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and I am, despite the fact that I'm on a Star Trek show, uh, the the kids show Prodigy, uh, the animated kids show Prodigy. I'm not a lifelong Star Trek fan. Have only recently been watching it. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. You don't need all of the information. It's just a delight. Yeah, I did like what I saw. Yeah, but I to, to, to the co- comedy and Reacher point, like in the most recent episode, I think he goes to this guy O'Donnell's house, and O'Donnell's <laughs> like, "I got to get my wife and my kids out of here yeah. because, like, you know, the NA is after us or whoever." Mm-hmm. And Reacher's like, "This is, you know, your 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 wife's great. I really would have pegged you as a guy who would have had a slow death from gonorrhea, and you you've really." <laughs> leveled out here and I was like it's pretty funny yeah you know? that's like, a good joke and he's drinking a Michelob Ultra while he says it and and he's sitting in a seat that I feel like they walk around and are like get this same chair smaller make this chair mm-hmm. smaller yeah. make him look like he's get him kid chairs it's the I recently during the break watched the movie Elf with my children Terrific. and they, they know the word CGI now and they oh, were yeah. like Do I they? don't think this is CGI and I was like ah no this is movie magic <laughs> Movie magic. They're like, uh, Bob this Newhart is, is standing behind Will Ferrell. This is forced perspective. Yes, and I feel like there's a little, there's a little, little juice in that playbook. Have okay. you thought about lying to them about what is and isn't CGI? I think about lying to them every day. <laughs> what was the question? I don't know. I just wanted to know if like I, you would ever just be like, no, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. That was real. <laughs> Those were the last ten dinosaurs. Well, we lived like that with the hoverboards in Back to the Future. Oh yeah, right? oh, we yeah. thought they were. I still real. know a guy who knew a guy who had one. Yeah. Oh, there was always, and plus because they would have those advertisements in the back of like Boys Life and yeah. other similar mm-hmm. magazines where they were selling hoverboards. Yeah, yeah. They were. They were. The, the government wasn't allowing them to be released in time for the holiday season. 88. Do kids still do high tops with roller skating wheels in them? 
like like you know like wheelies. Yeah, wheelies. Like the ones where like all of a sudden like little wheels pop you, out of the you back. You talking to me, kid correspondent? Well, yeah, I just curious, like if is that were, still a thing? Is that I something you've browsed? Seen, uh, not recently. Your kids are not interested in having shoes where skates pop out. Of them. <laughs> we didn't present them with that like as an option. You know, they're, they're because every in the eighties, every mm-hmm. futuristic movie depicted mm-hmm. a world in which everybody wore rollerblades to get everywhere. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes those roller, roller blades allowed you to fly. Well, yeah. yeah, but you didn't need to be that much of a hurry because you could always fax someone to tell them you were coming. That's totally. true. And then you could strap on your... Um, uh, we're living other, in that future. Like, Reacher, to me, is perhaps this year... I think that there was like a purity of Reacher in the first season. Yeah. That was like this guy, small town, corrupt. He's going to Small town, big guy. Yeah. This it's is right like, there. <laughs> this massive... You're welcome. Like, yes. Like multi-state spanning military industrial complex conspiracy is a little challenging. I thought it was really noteworthy that this is so the first season was based on the first Jack Reacher novel. Cool. This is based on the eleventh one. Oh wow. So they've in terms of like how Slow Horses is doing it versus how Reacher is Mm -hmm. doing it, I thought that was fascinating. And I don't know why they necessarily chose this. This is my thing too. This show, it's an Amazon basics. This show could run forever. It, It will run for a long time. It's a huge hit. It's, to be clear, it's a huge yes, hit. Yeah. And it should be. I genuinely enjoyed the first season. And I have to, sorry to be the, you know, Don't. sad-eyed samurai again. But, like, I, I, I have not <laughs> loved this season because it, it seems to have just made a very strange choice. The, the, the developer, Nick Santora, like, you have 20, 30 books that are all essentially, you know, more or less the same. I, like I all was good definitely under the impression that all this dude does is go to towns and clean them up. Yeah, and then walk to place to place. Yeah. As soon as you put him in... New York, it is immediately less interesting because many shows are set in New York. Also, as alluded to previously, this is Toronto, York. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks like it. And that takes you out even further. And then it's just, he's now surrounded by a bunch of people who know him. Well, that's the thing is, it's 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 undercutting exactly what they were setting up, which mm-hmm. is this lone wolf drifter rolls into a town, stuff unfolds. It's a very, you know, um, incredible Hulk you know, yes. uh, Bixby Incredible Hall. What do you think the remit is for the investigations group that he seemed defunct mm. yeah. as they have all moved on with oh, their yeah. lives? The one-tenth? But you they mean? now operate with a license to kill and openly, like, just kind oh, just of... just talk about, like, oh, we're going to kill all those guys. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the casual level of murders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the ability for them to murder people, have extended shootouts, without there seemingly being anybody Mm-mm. to come and stop them, intercede. There's Witness. no police presence. Yeah. There's no witnesses. <laughs> there's no people that are on the street. Nothing. It's so weird. There's an amazing scene in the most recent episode where uh, two of the women from the 110 get ambushed on a highway by uh, three guys with machine guns. <laughs> and on, they're driving like a, an Impala yeah. that gets sawed in half with machine gun fire and they escape without a And without not only that, cut. they are just like having a calm, cool conversation yeah. right behind. Like that's the, They don't do jokes. They do kind of almost light banter in yeah. the face of... Five dudes with submachine guns. Yeah. But you're right. I'm sorry. You're right, Andy, in the sense that this season, by get, by introducing his past, by introducing the flashbacks, by having it be this larger ensemble, this might have been a welcome mix em up from three seasons of yes. solo adventures. Yes. I'm enjoying it because I'm enjoying the team element, but, but I, I wouldn't have minded more Reacher-centric stories to then have this as a 
Oh, now it's an ensemble. Yeah, team. now it's we're a pulling team. Reacher yeah, back it, into it, the real world. It's possible bit. that the reason that they did it was because it does provide some backstory and there's this canard that like, oh, we need backstory, we need origin stories. When I think kind of the beauty of this character is like, we get it. He's real big and he walks yeah. into places yeah. and pulls bad guys out of yeah, cars. Yeah, and I think also that when this show came on, when we first started talking about it, was that 2020 or 2021? 21. 21. I think it was a little bit of a respite from some of the overly like mythological like even cop shows or even you know other genre shows where it's like we need to connect this back to this and this trauma goes it back to this it felt like pulp yes it's, it's got a yeah. great pulpy bruiser vibe to it that you know that feels to me like oh the, at least especially in season 1 and I'm I'm having a blast in season 2 in that same way that slow horses feels like an elevated pulpy yeah. type of story. Yeah, but like there's like there's like a degree to which slow horses, even though some characters pass away or whatever or mm-hmm. meet their untimely death, that you feel like you're playing in safe ground yeah. with slow horses. I like the way you use the phrase uh, sort of a respite in the same way that the people creatively in charge of the show took a respite from good taste when they chose the font. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> you these, don't things, like that these font? things matter. It's just like, <laughs> I love that you. Th- I'm, I love it. I love that you're like it, to look at a show like Reacher. You're like the font is wrong. Just Wait, make do a you not strong like the, font. The Reacher, it, like the big. No, no, Reacher that's fine. Font? No, no. When it's just Reacher. like no, when it's like uh, Virginia. Oh, oh. And it like, looks like I see what you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the title font. No, the title card. I get great. it. I get it. Oh, I yeah. like that. Oh, it looks like it's text from a classified file. It looks like it's, pl- <laughs> it's placeholder. <laughs> like someone used MS Paint to be like, oh, well, it'll be Virginia later. We'll make that's it look like, more. I, I mean. There is no more of a testament to how much stuff is getting made mm. these days by the ways in which stock footage keeps slipping into this stuff. Like going back to Black Hat when there was just straight up like stock footage of the overhead of a nuclear reactor slipped into the movie to now with like the the, the fonts and stuff. Can I ask you guys, um, again, particularly you, Jason, because you're a man of the world, <laughs> accomplished in so many areas. Um, how do you feel about... Because, you know, maybe at, at UCB, at a different points in your life, you've been in charge of a team. Sure. How, what do you feel about Reacher's team-building exercise? Because as oh, revealed in the first two episodes of the season— Loved it. He inherits the team. Sure. And they he are, recruits the team. He recruits he the team. He doesn't inherit. But they are—there's a bunch of sourpusses. Yeah, they're, they're not getting along. They're a yeah. bunch of slow horses. And, and his <laughs> idea of how to make this work is he suggests they buzz off work, go to, a, go to a, a, an officer's club— Get some buds. —in the Army and just have some— very cleanly labeled, pointed, <laughs> angled towards the camera, Budweiser beers. Yes. For sure. And well, there's actually like the entire Anheuser-Busch family is represented at that table. That's right. Yeah. And then because he knows that there's a bunch of officers there who are assholes, they will take issue to Neely. Yeah. Drinking there. She is an, an enlisted Not an officer. Yeah. yeah. And then he basically um, creates the elements for a giant fist fight. Yes. Correct. Yeah. In order to then, which works because then within moments, they are boogieing on the beach. Yep. In a well, clip that I filmed and yeah. will share for the rest of my but life. But it is worth <laughs> noting seems that, like people having fun. that Jack Reacher, mm-hmm. or just Reacher, gives that guy long-term brain damage in the bar. This like is he what throws I'm him saying. through oh, yeah. a window and then the last <clears> shot of is just him repeatedly punching this man as hard as he can in the head. Do you think this show is commenting on our divided country? Like, they're all in the same army. Oh, yeah. And they do not yeah. seem to be on the same page. But he's got he's to gotta make his... They, I, it, to answer your question, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I used to get my improv team. <laughs> to, to coalesce and you to act take, as one. You would one. take them to bars full of dramatic I'd actors? Take them to, yeah. I'd take them to bars full of dramatic actors, and I'd be like, be you like, see those guys over there? Yeah. 
they just said what we did is bullshit. What we they they're saying yes and is for idiots. That's the lady from Anatomy of a Fall. She thinks you're shit. <laughs> Jonathan Groff over there from Broadway just called us fools. Takes drink of Budweiser. <laughs> okay. What are you gonna do about it? What would Del Close do? Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis is literally in character as Lincoln at this bar, <laughs> and he is. Mark Rylance thinks we're morons. <laughs> la- la- like speed uh, round here. Last couple things about Reacher. I want to ask you guys. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were entering the speed round. Robert Patrick, do you think what was he told? Because so far, I mean, I haven't watched the whole season. He was season. told this. He's in a room. He was told, walk around this hangar talking yeah. into this phone. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And we'll ADR whatever we need That's on top of I it. That's what I figured, yeah. right? They were like, we need you for one day, one oh, long day, max. Do you in think a room. he was there for the Sarah Connor joke? Like when, when they were like, oh, she checked in under the name oh my Sarah God. Connor. They were pretty pleased with that. that w- I was like, what, what, this is the joke. <laughs> this is just, that it was, was great. the closest thing to a joke. Uh, I do think he did like three days in a room somewhere. Oh, for in sure. Ventura. Do yeah. you think Reacher season two is lacking because of the lack of love interest thus far? The this opposite. Part. Well, well, you I, haven't I, caught I, know, up. I see you what's I see up. what's coming. They've been laying. It's, it's got been, more of a love interest than the first. It's season. been the pretty first subtle. season. I'm still putting myself back together. After uh, here's what I'll the say: first season sex scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need Reacher to have a love scene. Yeah. I don't need. I don't. I'm not, not in the invested. Top 100 things I need to see. Reacher I'm do. not invested in mm. Reacher's love story or, or a love story. I guess, and mostly because it doesn't seem like Reacher much. Yeah, he doesn't seem that open to it. He's not like on he, Raya. You know what you I mean? Think like, his heart is closed. <laughs> what, would, what would his profile be? What song would he? Oh, he likes bluegrass, right? He likes oh, yeah, like he, the blues. He, he loves likes, like old time music. He likes right. Yeah, the, yeah. he's a big the blues. I, I think I think his profile would be to the same picture of him six times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? because why would you have more than one picture? And in his mind, he was like, I think I only did it once. I know it. <laughs> okay. Um, should we talk about Percy Jackson? I think we have to talk about Percy Jackson. Sure. Uh, you take the reins here because I feel like it's a huge hit in your house. Yes. Well, thank God the books are a big deal to my older daughter. She read, read Cor- all the Cormac McCarthy's novels of Percy Jackson. <laughs> and the and the yeah. Cormac McCarthy adaptations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the last things he did so before he left us. <laughs> Rick Rorden uh, wrote these books about Percy Jackson, about uh, a boy who discovers he is a half-blood. He's, he's, he's the son of Poseidon. All the Greek myths are real, et cetera, et cetera. Many book series and some uh, film adaptations that were not well-received and not loved by the the, the fandom, mm. let's say. Oh, as the fandom has made clear to me when I have met them, they yes. hate the movie. Yes, the movie. And I don't know of many other examples of like that where they are fully rejected. Yes, en masse. And so Disney Plus... Kind had, of the first release the Snyder Cut movement was the rejection of the Percy Jackson movies. <laughs> I think yeah. you could trace it. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys I all will grew say, up. Yeah. I will say Snyder's cut of the Percy Jackson movies. <laughs> Very good. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. So many civilian deaths, though. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Affleck was surprisingly nuanced, yeah. though. Um, and so Disney Plus uh, made a TV show uh, with the involvement of Rick Riordan, I believe. It's, it's oh, approval. very much. Very much involved. And the first call they made after securing the bag was to our favorite Greek god, who's <laughs> sitting here in the studio, <laughs> who plays Mr. D. The show is really good. And I'm, I just 
this is this is the strict interview portion. I just want to know oh, how yeah. did you get involved in it? What was your connection? Truly, to this? Uh, not uh, um, not dissimilar to what you just described. I I didn't know until I received um, an email from you know my agent saying, hey. They're doing this. You're Greek, right? (laughs) And, you know, well, and one of the things is I think I'm the only, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know everybody in the cast, but I think I'm the only Greek. I think I'm the only actual Greek. You didn't 23andMe them. I didn't 23andMe. Swab everyone (laughs) delicately. Yeah, I'm going to need to get inside them cheeks. Let's do it. It's not for COVID. (laughs) It's for heritage. I just, I need them to own your your information. Um, And I got an email that was like, hey, are you interested? Do you know these books? Because... You know, I, I was aware of, I was obviously aware of these stories. Mm-hmm. I hadn't read these books, I'd, but I had read the, like the Harry Potter books and a lot of those other like long running fantasy, you know, big epic stories. And so I was like, oh, let me check it out. And so I read the first book and was really into it. Like, and so took the meeting, talked to the people who were making it and and then just was like, it, it, this was in the end of this was when other people were starting to live their lives again but i was still hiding in my house from covid-19 yep but so i was like okay i'll do it and part of it was i had had such a great time on a cuz it's like a big commitment to a thing that i'm like oh let's see what this is and i'm really i'm excited by it but i'm also like well, I don't know. It, but it could be years of your it life. It could be years it, of my life right. in service of I'm not sure what. Right. In ter- exactly. Um, but I loved the book and I loved the story. And and then I'd had such a positive experience working on one season of that show, Paper Girls, for Amazon. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, and specifically working with all those young actors who I thought were so incredible. And, and I thought the show was so exciting and that I got to play a villain in that show, um, I really enjoyed. And that show ultimately didn't didn't get picked up again and went away. And so when the Percy Jackson thing came up and it was similarly getting to work with like a group of incredibly talented young kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, the core trio they've got, um, you know, Arian and Leah, who are incredible actors, and this kid they've got playing Percy Jackson, um, Walter... Walter Scribble. Walker. Yeah, Walter Scribble, I think is his name. The kid is dynamite, you know? And it's so fun to be in a show where I'm getting to be like a, a fucking asshole yeah. to kids and have them be like incredible back. Because you're you know? Dionysus. I'm Dionysus. But you're I'm, also Bill Murray and Meatballs. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of, <laughs> that's it. It's like Mr. D, Dionysus, is being punished by the Greek gods and forced to be in charge of this camp where all the kids are, all the demigod kids And the live. god of wine can't drink. And the god of wine has he's had his, his booze taken away from him, mm-hmm. and he's being forced into a position that he does not want, which is to be in charge of these kids. So when they were like, yeah, come up here to Vancouver and just scream at these kids for a couple of weeks, <laughs> I was like, absolutely. For seven years. And, yeah, and, yeah and, and, and I get to do scenes with all these kids and— um, Everybody in it, um, B- James Bobin, the director, is fantastic. Glenn Turman, who is Chiron and who I do a lot of my scenes with, is just do yourself a favor and read his Wikipedia. He is easily the most interesting person I've ever talked to. And when you're doing a show with kids, there is a tremendous amount of downtime. Because um, they're all at school and They're stuff. all at school. They can only work certain hours. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of downtime. So to be in a little tent with him out in the woods or off to the side if we were shooting on the stage and to just hear his stories 
were like the best. It was like the best days of work because, you know, you were doing fun job or doing fun scenes. But then him just talking about being a cowboy or him talking about being in like the first Broadway production of A Raisin in the Sun. I was just like when he's like 13 years old or something. I was like, this is fascinating. So it was really cool. And now he's being a half horse in front of a green screen. Oh, oh, here's the thing that I feel like I I think I can say this because I don't think this is that crazy, but it's not talked about. But in scenes where he is a centaur yes. um, mm-hmm. outdoors, not when we're shooting on the volume, but out when we're outdoors in the woods, because he is such an adept horse rider, he is on horseback. So I'm doing scenes. Was that like his request? I don't know. Or were they like, I'm this not would sure. Be really bring his own I think horse? it helped. I don't know if they, I don't think it it's was a his Canadian horse. horse. They, it's a Canadian no, horse. Horse has to be in the union. Yeah, and they, yeah. yeah, it's a Canadian <laughs> very horse. Strict about that. Canadian actor horses are fiercely protective. Of course. They don't they want American horses coming up there and taking After their what jobs. happened with SCTV for horses, when it sort of got After those what guys happened. Also, ever since luck, they I was like, just really going to say, I was just going to yeah. say, they lost they, uh, six of the seven luck horses were Canadian, I think. Uh. Did, you, did we talk about in, in one of like the interviews that he's done for Ferrari Man was like, someone just kind of idly at mentioned luck and he went on like a three paragraph answer about how it was very honestly Trumpy where he was like, the SPCA said that nobody had ever treated horses better <laughs> and that we had just had like the worst day ever. And that was the problem. Like, yeah, I remember on the horses press, die sometimes. Oh, yeah. On the press junket for True Grit, the Coen brothers talking in an interview about how they were surprised to learn that there were more protections in place mm. for the horse that she rode than for Haley for Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah. That they could put her in freezing cold water for X number of minutes, but the horse couldn't at all be submerged in the some very Matt Damon. You could just toss. Oh, Matt Matt, Matt Damon. (laughs) As long as you've got a defibrillator around, you can put him into. uh, You can code him. So, uh, Jason, uh, comedian, actor, Mm -hmm. philanthropist, Greek god now, god. Uh, But also someone who is a fan and a member of various fandoms. Yeah. what has this been like for you to be so cool in something yeah. that is beloved, that was expected, that was anticipated? And you're exactly right because it is it is so cool as a fan, as a and as a a rabid fan yeah. to be in a property and to have now had the experience where I get to talk to young people for whom these books and are stories the have yeah. are to them what I felt growing up was Star Wars for mm-hmm. me or maybe Indiana Jones. Those were the things that to me, I was like, I live inside of this. Or I, don't, I, don't, I yeah. thought it was Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so to be like a thing, to be part of a thing that people are so, like every, Andy, I heard from you. I heard from so many people mm-hmm. when I got cast that were saying, my kid is flipping out. Oh, yeah. My kid is flipping out because I know you. My kid is flipping out because they know you. They can't believe that they that this is happening and that, and and then subsequently i've heard that they you know they love it they're obsessed they, you know all i'm getting is positive feedback from all of the young people in my life which is incredible it's been interesting watching a young person's interact so basically the first pass of the first episode my older daughter was just like that's not what happens yeah that's not right sure he Percy doesn't have blonde hair like oh, like sort oh, of like very asserting yes. yeah, yeah, specific yeah. stuff confidence. like that yeah sure but then wanting to, like, then yeah. interested. Because then it, it, you sort of have to define that. You have to keep the guard up. Totally. 
but then it sort of softens and yeah. it's, it's well-made. And so do you have any sense of, you know, nothing, no future is promised in this industry, but like, sure. was this greenlit for more than one season at the it start? Was not. Is it-, it was not. Um, it was not. And I, I, I wonder if that's just because it's an expensive show, yeah. you know? Um, your quote alone. Plus my the, quote plus alone. The horse. Oh, I, oh my God. Yeah. And I, but I think the horse gets more than me. Um, but, <laughs> Definitely better protected. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so no, I don't know, but it's doing well. I'm, I'm assuming there'll be a season two and it's meant to follow the books, you know, mm-hmm. each similar to the, the Harry Potters or slow horses, I guess each season, the next book and so on. Um, I'm curious. I think, you know, we're in that situation like a lot of things like this in that these kids are at that age where not just years, but months, they look mm -hmm. different. Like seeing them from the last day I shot to seeing them at the premiere on the red carpet, I mean, night and day, they are different looking kids. They are taller. They are, you know, it's, it's it's interesting. So that'll be an interesting thing to play out because it's a lot of story to come and... Can we compact it? That's because they, they got an Irishman, the kids in Stranger Things, pretty soon. Like, they got, they're going to de-age those they're gonna. It's all AI. Um, was this your first time working on the volume? Yeah. How was it? Nuts. Yeah? Nuts. It was cool. I liked it. You know, I, this was, it was interesting because our days on the volume were just, what was being projected was just the same as the set up in the woods. Okay. So we were just, it just allowed us to be a little bit more not dependent on weather. Oh, so you did some location shooting and then you did pickups or additional shooting in, in the volume. In the volume. Yes. It wasn't a one, this is only volume. No. This is, no. So sometimes in some of those scenes, huh. it's a little of both. Oh, did, okay. Did you, when it was on the volume, turn to the camera and wink? So that the audiences would know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought that was... Oh, I've got... I'm sending a lot of signals. Yes. Did they ever they accidentally load the Mando volume screens? No. No. <laughs> no, but I'll say this as, you know, like, I see the... Because I see the same... I have the same criticisms when I'm watching some of, whether it's Mando or some other things where I'm like, this isn't textured enough. Yeah, it's, this, not, this, it's not the Tunisia yeah. New Hope feel. Exactly. Yeah. And so... But from an actor's perspective, being on a set that is active and alive, everywhere, everywhere I look is a facsimile of what mm. I'm supposed to be looking at versus just green. Yeah. Like a green screen room or something like that. It is incredible to have that technology. Um, but when you were in the movie Eternals, didn't you appreciate that <laughs> Chloe Joe was not using the volume, that you were actually in the places? When I filmed my helicopter battle scene yeah. from the movie Infinite, um, it was just a big giant green screen room. And it would, they were like, look to the left, fire, 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 mm-hmm. bank right, fire, fire, fire. And I'm like, what? I don't know what. But it, yeah. when you're in a thing and it looks like what it's meant to look like, um, it was, and it, just on an experiential level, I was just like, tell me exactly what this is. Because yeah. there's like a mission control style group of like, I don't know, 70 people at desks that are just calibrating the volume. They're just calibrating constantly. Baby Yoda's ear hair. Yeah. yeah. It is, it was, it was super interesting. Just picturing a room full of 15 Canadian horses at desks. Because <laughs> it's like a union. They can't get fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Production. Oh, no. Like, once you're lunch, in. I get an hour. They, once you're in, you're <laughs> clomping around. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't get a couple more Mansukas recommendations oh, out of you before we, yeah. before we let you go. Let's throw some more in. Like you guys. Oh, you know what, though? Because I want to also thank you 
because oh, as we're as we're talking about stuff to find and stuff to watch, again, it comes up against like how do you find stuff anymore? Who are the where are the places that you get recommendations and whatnot? I turn on my boys and boom, you're talking about the gold. Pushed pause. Yeah. Fired up the gold. Loved it. Yeah. Good show. Loved it. That's a good show. And that's the kind of show that to me, I've recommended it to so many of my friends and peers who are all super savvy, super have great taste, have never heard of it. Yeah. Have never heard of it. Totally. Like it's a zero on that people's was a big radar. Thing this weekend I saw going around of people being like, I think that they had just the Monsieur Spade stuff just hit where people are like, wait, there's a Dashiell Hammett adaptation Uh-oh. from Scott Frank starring Clive Owen and it's on Sunday. On AMC Plus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I'm in. Kai, so I'm part, excited for that show. I can't wait for that show. Kai, the part where Jason said we were good, can you put that at the top? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw out some other... Uh, I mentioned Unicorn Warriors Eternal, which is <laughs> Gandhi Tartakovsky's incredible animated show. Like, truly one of the great animation geniuses of our time. And he, he was he was involved in the Clone he, Wars stuff? The, he did the he did the very first, the micro-episode Clone Wars stuff. Okay. okay. But he did Samurai Jack. And did you guys ever watch Primal? The story of a Neanderthal man who befriends a T-Rex. And they have wordless adventures that th- are incredible. For a second there, I thought you were going to be like, and they have <laughs> no, beautiful, very beautiful sex. <laughs> they, <laughs> no, but it is just, it's he is easily the, one of the, uh, Miyazaki accepted, one of the hmm. true masters of s- animation story, visual storytelling. So much so that this show Primal has two seasons. There's no dialogue in it. Oh, it is wow. just beautifully told visual stories. Absolutely fantastic. But he put out a new show this year called Unicorn Warriors Eternal that I won't even try and explain, but is just bananas. And where's that at? Adult Swim somehow? Maybe it's Adult Swim. Okay. Yeah, it's somewhere in the mix. One of my favorite shows coming to an end is Luke Pearson's Hilda. Do oh, you I know Hilda. Hilda, yes. Incredible show. Not They haven't watched it regularly. The books, yes. Yeah, love the, the books. Sometimes. I gave the books to like my nieces and all the yeah. kids in my life. And now they've done multiple series of adaptations and new stories uh, that are that take place in an incredible kind of folktale world. It's very good. Hilda goes on adventures. They did a movie. Anyway, that's this Netflix also. Final season is up and it's fantastic. Chris, you got a lot to catch up on. Right? Yeah, Starstruck. I loved Shorzy. I think you guys would love Shorzy. Are you watching Shorzy? I've tried Letterkenny a couple of times with my wife, who I often watch sitcoms yep. with, and we just have not gotten into it. So do I? Do I need to watch 13 seasons of no, Letterkenny to watch you Shorzy? Don't. Okay. You can watch Shorzy straight away. Now, the character of Shorzy is established in Letterkenny, okay. but never on camera. And a lot because... of his crime fighting is explained <laughs> in Letterkenny. <laughs> it's, it, Shorzy is, I think you guys will like it because it's also a sports story. Okay. It's an underdog sports. It's a story about a adult team of, ho- uh, an adult hockey team trying to get, trying to win the championship or they get folded. Okay. A lot of Canada on this podcast. You know, you know what? Yeah. What the fuck? You're well, right. We used to make things in this Hold country. Hold on. I got to look for some fucking hmm. good old American, American entertainment. Yeah. What else? Oh, I wanted to talk about, um, and I sent it to you guys, but I'm certain you didn't watch it. <laughs> it's not, I don't necessarily think it's TV, but it qualified to me uh, because it was multiple episodes. The Making of RoboCop documentary oh, called yeah. RoboDoc. Oh, yeah. I just haven't seen it, but yes. Sean I was don't. talking about this the other day and was like. Oh, fantasy's into it? I'll, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like four hours long? Sean? 
it's probably out there. I uh, wish I wish the door made a better sound. Yeah, you, I did a whole bit. I can put in like old school. Kaya, like, yeah. I should have just pointed, door pointed at you, Kai, and said, "Can you put a creaky old door?" I was door impressed sound? by the commitment. You used both arms uh, from it jump. It was so it's a heavy. heavy door. The door was so heavy. Yeah. So they, they, the Swedes seal us uh, in um, <laughs> until the, the content the, emerges. There is nothing. I haven't laughed. Maybe one of the funniest shows of the year is the documentary about the making of RoboCop. I don't know about Including what is now, I guess, a viral piece that has gone around where Peter Weller becomes only refers, will only be called Robo. Yeah. Everybody (laughs) calls him Robo. He only calls him Robo. He's in the suit. He's trapped in the suit. It's been going on for months. And the only way he'll go to set is if, in his words, Robo wants an Oreo. (laughs) Stop. <laughs> Robo wants an Oreo. This is real? Oh, oh, this is real. Everybody tells stories that are so wild and so <laughs> inappropriate that you would think the movie was made in the 90s. The documentary was made. Yes. And it yeah. was made last year. Right. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. It's six hours of every— Can you imagine what they left out? Everyone is yeah. in there. Everyone's talking about it. It's it, absolute Where mania. can we watch this? Who knows? It's I think on, it's on YouTube. It's on, I think, Amazon. I think I rented it on Amazon. Okay. But it may be on YouTube. RoboDoc, incredible. Um, what else? The Amazon. Gold. Hilda. Um, w- I think this is 2023. Why didn't they ask Evans? The Hugh Laurie, Agatha Christie adaptation. You're going so deep on us. Will I love Poulter. It. You guys love Will Poulter. When do they have time to do this? I know, do- right? Well, the Brits, they're just like, I'm going to sneak a four episode yeah. show. Yeah. Stephen Graham will be in like eight movies and then he'll do like three BAFTA winning series in a year. <laughs> It's a nice life. Um, McFadden has done like two seasons of that. Scandal something. Yeah, yeah right. Do you, something. Do you think it's because everything's closer there? Like, I mean, if, it definitely if, Because helps. if you get in the van, you don't have to drive to, like if it's yeah, all yeah, yeah. relatively convenient. Yes. Yeah, that's probably very little it. You can location. traverse that's the country well, in the time it takes to get from New York to Boston. I think it also right. helps that like, yeah, you're right. The, we're only doing three episodes of this. When, you, when you're right. like, how did Helen Marin do 22 seasons of Prime Suspect? And you're like, oh, every season's two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Some of the seasons about? were no episodes. Yeah. They just talked about Half of it them. is her making tea. And half <laughs> the other half is her being right. horrified. Yeah. Anyway, that Agatha Christie uh, adaptation I thought was fantastic. Wow. And wow. and I went down a whole rabbit hole of Are Agatha, you an Agatha Christie. Christie guy. I never hear you bring it up. I well, first of all, I do keep some things to myself. Not everything is content. I did read a lot of Agatha Christie when I was a kid. Like not a mm-hmm. small kid, but like 12, 13, I would pour through some mom just, and dad's yeah. paperbacks. Yeah. Just to get the who done it. But it never you never had like a renaissance. No. That. Okay. No, no. You? Uh I like watching the movies, the Poirot stuff with my mom. She enjoys them That's a lot, nice. but I do not. Christy is not my jam. Watching the PBS mystery adaptations of those shows, that was that was a uh, family thing. Yeah. We watch those shows. Yeah. And like the Sidney Lumet, you know. Um, um, Death on the Nine. No. Or, uh, Orient Express. Orient Express yeah, is right. the one I was going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are they're, they're great. I watched a bunch of them. I think you know, last year for some reason I got on a real jag. Who's caking off those? Who owns the estate? The estate. Great question. Are they? Are they? Are they? PD? I think Bill Ackman they, owns that. They public domain. <laughs> yeah, he wrote, he wrote a whole series. <laughs> they're trying to cancel Poirot. <laughs> I just wonder, like, because you notice, like, there's a lot of, you know, we were talked about this a bunch, like Lucare's sons yes. are like, we're going into the dad business, so we're gonna. Yeah. And then now One when of you see homies is like, I'm just gonna start writing my dad books yeah, again. Yes. Yeah. And then if you see, which I don't recommend that you do, but if you do see the movie Wonka, uh, there's a whole thing in the beginning where it's like Roll Doll Story Enterprises and oh, they would yeah. deal with Netflix. So like yeah. Oh yeah. This is the thing. 
Oh, well, I mean, like, did you guys talk about the Wes Anderson rolled doll? I we did, didn't talk about I only them. watched yeah. one of those. Yeah. They're great. They yeah. I watched great. a bunch of them. I, I really enjoyed them. They were really um, you just watched Asteroid City. I so, did. Yeah, same. Loved I had it. not seen it. What'd you think? So, thanks for asking. Yeah. How much time do we have left in this podcast? Great. I was really, really confounded and uh, kind of moved by it. Yeah. Because at first, I was like, this guy, all the, the critics are right. This guy's up his own ass. It's so busy. It's yeah. remo- There's so many layers of remove. Oh, yeah. And every actor ever is in it. It's too much. It's too much. It and then, only is trying to make it difficult for you to get inside the movie. It, it is consistently keeping you at arm's length but, in a great way. But then I was like, but it's very weird. Yeah. It's risky. Mm-hmm. It's surprising and like discomforting. And I was like, this felt like, you know what it felt? I said this to Chris back when I was texting him <laughs> last week. It feels like someone's last movie. Now, I'm not... Oh, interesting. I am not... I don't have any insider knowledge. we've gone through a bunch of, like, Grace Note films this past year, or films from, like, people sort of... Like, Scorsese and Michael Mann, where it feels like we're kind of like... Or your guy Miyazaki, where it's just like, this feels like a summing up (laughs) and a resetting. (laughs) And I found it really compelling. And and this is a a thing, as I'm going through a lot of the movies like you are, where I'm, you know, there are... There's some movies that you watch it and you have your opinion. There are movies that as you get further removed from them, you like them less and less, whether that's fair or not, uh, Maestro. And then there's movies that you like <laughs> more and more as you think about it. And Asteroid City kind of messed me up. Yeah. No, and, and I'm and I'm a bad, uh, not I'm, I'm a bad person to ask, but I really, I just am in the bag for Wes Anderson movies. Historically, I am. In a way that I, I have really enjoyed Ones that I almost everybody else I know I has the same way. disliked I, I think even, or like, really? I yeah. Know this about oh, Jeerling, Je- uh, like I'm like that's still like Jeerling, yeah, yeah. It's still uh, oh, Life Aquatic, uh, Life Aquatic, I love. Oh, I feel like people love. Life I think Aquatic. Steve Zissou, I love that movie. Wow, but that is Moonlight a movie. King, that, Moonrise yeah. Kingdom. Oh, I'm in on Moonrise. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom was coming back. I was back on that. Budapest. Oh, yeah. Budapest is great. Budapest is incredible. But but the role doll Henry Sugar is phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. And he's having fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is, like, those, Asteroid City and the sh- those shorts, those Roald Dahl shorts, seem like like mischievous fun uh, in a way that I I have, I really enjoyed. Who were your low-key Asteroid City all-stars? Like, because I thought Tom Hanks was amazing in it. Because he used Tom Hanks I mean, in a way that only good directors use. I mean, is to say Margot Robbie? No. That thing that's interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to Rupert think. Rupert Friend. Yeah. yeah. He's great in it. What? It was great. He's great. Um, the Some, three little girls I thought were terrific. Yeah, when we get them, like I thought they were great. That was the kid playing scenes. the son. I thought was fantastic. Jeffrey Wright's good. Oh yeah, always good. Adrian um, Brody. Adrian Brody. Yep. Brody oh, sauce. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> I've been down with the Brody son since he was in the the Predator movie a while back. Oh my god, He's incredible! Awesome where Lawrence Fishburne, where he, they find Lawrence Fishburne on that planet. He's, like He's been there for and he. He whispers all of his lines. It's an incredible scene. That cast is incredible. Yeah, that movie's nuts. Yeah. Um, we just ended the pod right there. Right, like, then, we, just theme, <laughs> theme song. I, I was just looking at my, because I also keep a um, a list. I do a, like Soderbergh, Soderberg style. a full list how of everything you, I want. How I do you determine when you add a book to it? Is it based on when you finish the book? Yeah, because I can't. I tell only with him. put things when I finish. Okay, I only put a thing on when I've finished. It. I was doing that last year for the first few months of the year, and then as every single day ended with a Law and Order SVU, I started to feel really <laughs> vulnerable, and I didn't want everybody to know that. <laughs> so I just constantly admit it, but I don't want to put up a list that's like, you know, here's what I watched that yeah, night. I don't want to see. I don't want to know. Yeah. 
the, my own truth. Oh, I, I love it. I find that I, I feel such a sense of, it both provides me with a to-do list mm. and also like the satisfaction of completion. Uh, yeah, it's also mm. like a kind of a journal. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. It is the only journal I keep. Yeah. You know, I don't keep a journal, but I keep this detailed list of I what I- Soderbergh keeps in a journal because like that would be a lot of work. Oh, yeah. He'd spend most of his time watching stuff, writing stuff down that he watched and then journaling. I think he <laughs> seems wired that way. But then way. he like also that. makes three movies a year, so I don't know how he would do that. But but he's but he's a dink. <laughs> no, right? he's got a. I don't know. Yeah, what's a dink? This is this is a this is a term Chris introduced me to. Well, it's a dual income, no kids. No kids. Got it. He's a dink. Yep. Yeah. He's got time. Got it. Got it. Okay. He's fine. You guys watched because we brought up Le Carre Pigeon Tunnel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Did not love it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wolf documentary. Didn't see it. Okay. Tom, Radi- Tom Radical Wolf. Wolf. Back in the news because of Lenny. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to share these, this doc with us. We oh, it's a lot. More. It's a lot. I'm trying to, because th- I feel like, hold on. I do feel like there's something that I want to talk about from, uh, oh, for, I know for you guys. Yeah. The Elephant Six Collective uh, <laughs> oh my God, documentary. Yeah. I did not watch this yet. Did you? <laughs> I did not watch this yet, as, but I know. How? Well, as how someone, have you not watched? As someone who attended the Kindercore Records oh, Expo <laughs> in Athens, Georgia in 2000, I feel like, you know, it's a little too fresh for me still. It is, I can't tell you how much, how strange it is to now be watching documentaries yes. or reading books that are about a period of time that is my life. That's how I felt mm-hmm. watching Saltburn. Oh, <laughs> he's still the best. <laughs> this is why. This is why you get the big bucks after the horses. <laughs> Mur- once Murder yeah. on the Dance Floor came up, you yeah. were like, "This is my jam. This is my life." <laughs> I remember where I was. Sophie Ellis Baxter, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to watch the Eleven Six documentary or, or the. Uh, the uh, the documentary I watched about one of my favorite now defunct record stores, Aquarius Records in San Francisco, yeah. to watch documentaries that are about— There's a Kim's documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. The period of time in my life or uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. That's a book, the entirety of which takes place concurrent to me being part of a comedy scene that is adjacent to this music Being scene. in the bathroom next door. Literally yeah. being like, <laughs> I was at that show. Yeah. I'm 90% yeah. sure I was at that Oneida show, you know? I was reading a, I was in a Barnes Noble in Philly waiting for my rental car to be ready. Mm-hmm. Cool personal anecdote. So cool. This is fun. And what are you driving? Was, what are you renting? Well, I got a RAV4. Fuck yeah. Uh, but also, this is Chris's way of bragging that he's over 25. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Um, Baby face I was Chris a, Ryan. A Hold Steady book. Mm-hmm. There's a book about the Hold Steady at a Barnes Noble in Philadelphia. And they had like all the, like the early shows. And I was like, did it, did it that one that one that one that yeah. one there were so many of them that I was just like that was at Mercury Lounge I remember that night oh yeah. did you mark up the book <laughs> did you check marks and I, I, everything? I signed every page <laughs> CR yeah. CR Maxwell's CR yeah um, anything else yeah you know there are some other things that I'd love to shout out hold on what's one of them though we should oh. make it clear to the listeners that you have a sheaf of papers I have so much here's a kind she's of- <laughs> just it is so, so many pages. Have you ever had to deal with that sound effect in particular in your producing career? I didn't think so. Um, I want to. I do want to shout out a couple of old things. Yeah. Just because I feel like the, I mentioned the Grifters earlier, an incredible mm. Stephen Frears movie. Um, that's on Criterion, I think. Right. It's so it's fantastic. I think it might be. Yeah, I think that's maybe where I saw it. Um, 
The movie that is like, I feel like I just rewatched, I watched it a couple of years ago during the pandemic and loved it, just rewatched it again. And it's utterly fantastic in a way that I don't know why everybody isn't being like, hey, this is a, this is what a fucking gem is the fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, yeah. I've never seen this. This is the Bridges Boys. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Get in Never the have seen it. Get yeah. it. Get out of here. Wow. You and me, we're doing fantasy now. <laughs> I, um, we're doing a fabulous Baker's Boys, Baker's Boys re- rewatch. Uh, yeah, live. I'm not strong enough to open the door as fast as you did. And so it's I'm not the doing kind the of movie that I want to highlight because wow. it's exactly the kind of movie that you guys talk about, that we talk about all the time, that yeah. simply is not that made. That one is definitely It not. is not being made even remotely. Nobody's interested in you know, argumentative brothers who are, you know, lounge piano duos about whether they should bring a singer on or not. Yeah, Steve you know? Cloves, Steve baby. Cloves. Steve uh, Cloves, 29-year-old wonderkin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, Steve, we love you. Go what for it. What do you got? And he, also, like that, he was like- Piano-playing brother. And yeah. then he did Flesh and Bone. Yeah. And then I don't know- And like almost nothing else. Uh, a couple yeah. of other writing credits. Yeah. But I don't think he's- I think, A lot of writing. He wrote all yeah. the Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. So oh, no. Uh, big time, big time writer. But has not directed a great house, probably. Oh, my God. He's um, making a, uh, oh, it never got made. Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Oh, interesting. Didn't oh, make wow. it. Um, I thought that movie, I think that movie is just absolutely fantastic and so refreshing and so exciting to watch. I love this for us. Uh, I, I love this. fired up. Uh, to go, let's get on text when you have watched it. And then those two movies and then a TV show that, boy, did I think that once it was on streaming, people would go apeshit for it and they have proceeded not to. Hmm. I would say maybe my number one show of the year Whoa. were it to be able to include old shows. Mm-hmm. Can you know, I guess like, Moonlighting? Absolutely, it's yeah. Moonlighting. I forgot it started streaming. But this is one of the weirdest Whoa. things in the world where it was like, it the would best. be like as if the Snyder Cut came out and no one watched it. It is. I forgot. People were so like, when will fucking move? It's and like, like those shows, those few shows that have never been streaming, Moonlighting, 30-something. Homicide Life on the Street. Uh, oh my God. <sighs> incredible show. Yeah. Um, devastating loss. Uh, Andre Brower. Devastating loss, but incredible performance, incredible show, Homicide Life on the Streets. But um, Moonlighting is a show that, like, we are spending so much time talking about how much we want to be back to TV and how much Poker Face or some of these shows, Reacher, Bosch, are in many ways, you know, throwback style shows to the era of network television, blah, blah, blah. You watch Moonlighting and you're like, this show is absolutely fascinating with what they're doing and how they're doing it in a way that you're like, I can't even believe they're making these jokes. They're doing this stuff at this time to such an incredibly high standard. I thought I was, I, when, when that was kind of coming back on streaming, I was curious as to whether it would still play now because so much of what was happening with Moonlighting when it was on was the meta textual, like, will like, the celebrity stuff mm-hmm. going on around oh, them Bruce Willis actively and inside of the show commenting mm-hmm. about the show's public narrative right. that it was that it was fraught that it was delayed that they were blah, blah, if blah. I remember correctly it begins with a meta commentary because when they move in they start their detective agency and heart to heart is moving out oh is that are, you, are you being think, serious is that I right? remember this I maybe this is wrong but my memory. I don't think that's, maybe there is a season where that does happen, but the beginning of this Blue Moon, maybe you're right though, and or I, it's, it's a just flashback a flashback or something. Maybe it's a visual joke. Because Heart Hard ended, guys, yes. as we all know, Heart <laughs> Hard ended in 1984. Uh, of course. And Moonlighting course. began in Robert 1985. Wagner, Robert Wagner and Stephanie Zimblis? See, you know. We is know. Is that right? Two, two-thirds of this podcast knows. 
Uh, I, I am so excited to see if I still love the show. I, Boy, give it a chance because there are episodes that are such a fucking blast. And it's the kind of show that I'm like, make this. Yeah. Make a screwball comedy TV show. Why aren't we doing this? It was a dream sequence episode. Great. In season two. Okay. Got it, was. it. It didn't start. Got by, it. Oh, okay. It, 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 I okay. must have seen it then. I, you are you are like Bill as Bill is to the Boston Celtics. Yes. You are to your memories of eighties primetime television shows being like, canonical. Yeah, right. Well, I, that era too. Those there were certain shows that were so impactful yeah. because I don't know for you, but for me, it, I wasn't necessarily allowed to see Moonlighting unless mm-hmm. I was like. Good, unless I had not gotten in trouble. This is why it was like, that but, was from Miami Vice for me. But this Got is it. why you be careful what you wish for. Because I do remember being invited to watch Moonlighting with my parents. <laughs> we only had like one TV, you yeah. know. And it was the episode where, and spoiler alert, people who are watching it on Hulu, where, where David and, and Matt Maddie, Maddie. Uh, uh, sealed the deal. Consummate their relationship. Oh, yeah, consummate yeah, yeah. Their relationship. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you remember. What a great. I'll never forget. What a wild intro to that their, show. Uh, their coitus. Their coupling is very violent. Like a lot, they break a lot of furniture. Oh yeah, I don't like that you said coitus. I want everyone to feel as uncomfortable Uh, as I felt. Coitus or their coupling because. Oh, I'm watching God. this with my parents. Yeah. yeah. That oh, happened yeah. with me with Dennis Franz's naked ass and NYPD Blue uh, with my parents. But that defined your sexuality for years <laughs> and you should embrace I mean, it. How many people had a sexual awakening yes. with, uh, with Sipowitz's ass? Yeah, it's true. It's, to think that that's what we... Beautiful. That's what was like, we're going to allow nudity in prime time on yes. network television. But Dennis Franz. Franz. Get, me, yeah. get me friends. It's Sipowitz, yeah. baby. We can wrap it up there because I where feel else like is there to go? I feel like after we get to the to the bottom of the Dennis Francis uh, behind, where else can we go? I mean, yeah. we did a great job. I think Dude, I th- threw out a bunch of stuff, and you fake left. You joined yeah, the big oh, picture. I, oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, here to say I will never leave the watch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my guy, Jason. Thanks so much for coming by, gentlemen. This remains one of my absolute favorite listens. I can't thank you enough for your service. Mm. In this industry. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're watching cartoons now, Chris. <laughs> Delighted. I'm watching cartoons. Greenwald's watching Moonstruck. Moon, moonlighting. Moonlighting. I love it. Let's, let's get into it. I'm just watching Moonlight over and over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as I remember it. Um, and Jason, you, you can be seen on Percy Jackson. Yeah. I can. Just get made podcast. Absolutely. Invincible. I'm going to plug stuff. Plug stuff. I'll, I'll plug Invincible as well. And, oh, you know what I actually do, will plug? Because, boy, would I love for people to go and find it and check it out because I think it's Wick fantastic. Three? John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. <laughs> um, no, is Star Trek Prodigy, which oh, is yeah. an, a fantastic animated Star Trek show. It's on Netflix now. So please find it. It is great coming-of-age young people adventure show. Like, what if a group of, like, ragtag kids stole a Star Trek ship and Amazing. started roaming around the universe. I just Googled, you are, he is in the show. Yeah. He's not lying. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm in that show. We'll try to put together a list of all the stuff that Jason recommended and put it up with the episode. Dude, thank you so much for coming by. Great to see you. Thanks what a to delight. Kaya for producing. Thank you, Kaya. We'll be back on Thursday. And let me know what you think of Colin from Accounts, <laughs> Kaya. <laughs> I think you're, you're talking to your audience. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.